I'm Spencer Scott Holmes, and I got super special guest here, Rick Joseph of Light a Match Comics. This is the weird thing is that me and Rick have talked for, I don't even know, like maybe four or five years online, but it's that thing that like we've only talked through like typing and so on like that. We never get to talk, you know, on a show. So Rick, how you doing? We get to talk in, well, not person, but we talk on the internet, you know. That's right. That's right. I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. No problem, dude. I've... Yeah, it's one of those ones, like, I, your name's always been kind of written down on, like, hey, when I get some guests and so on, Rick's got to be one of the guys, you know what I mean? Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, through all the time kind of talking on Twitter and whatnot like that and just seeing all your artwork, you're, you're always one of my favorite guys for art. Whenever I see your stuff, I'm always like, dude, it's Rick's stuff so cool. You see, I, I mean, probably also, I'm always partial to black and white artwork, you know, I mean, like Pizza Boys or something like that. So when I see other guys doing a lot of cool black and white sketches and yeah. high detailed and... I don't know, a lot of times your stuff almost kind of reminds me of, um, like, that old, old Ninja Turtles style, like the 80s Ninja Turtles comic books. Right, Like, where they got, right. like, a lot of high detail for, like, black and white stuff. Or, you know, even kind of, like, heavy metal type stuff. I get that. I get that. Yeah, yeah. really grimy, yeah. dirty-looking, sketchy vibe. Yeah, that kind of grungy but violent-looking and, you know, dark colors <laughs> and yeah. so on. And just all that kind of cool stuff. And then... um. I'm thinking about, I think the very first time that we ever kind of crossed paths, I remember, it was, it was in the Comic Central days. I like how we talk about that, too. Like, oh, in the ye old Comic Central yeah. days. But I remember, I Good think times. it was stumbling across um, the one book that you had, the Bag of Tales one. Right. And I think me, right. and, you know, me and Craig on uh, Indie Comics Club, we talked about that book kind of on there as one of our little segments and so on. And I think that was the first time I really started seeing your artwork appearing and so on. Yeah, it's very possible because uh, back then I was just uh, like I'm a huge indie comic fan, and when I discovered Comic Central, it was just uh, pretty much a perfect outlet for me. Mm-hmm. So I would just you know go in, buy or get freebies, and whatnot, and just you know skim through the whole collection. And um, and I think that's where I discovered podcasts too, because I wasn't really into uh, YouTube's and uh, the podcasts and whatnot. And uh, there was two on there that are fairly interesting, and from there. I listened to other podcasts, but I always came back to yours and um, another one on Comic Central. I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, it was really interesting to me. And uh, so I just, yeah, I just caught the bugs. I was listening ever since. Yeah, just kind of getting those. Well, and that, that was kind of the bummers when kind of Comic Central went away. It felt like we sort of lost this sort of central ground for kind of like, you know, the indie comic community. You know, it's like, right. you know, of course there's other websites out there, but they just don't always kind of, it's like, you know, there's Indie Planet or, you know, Kablam, well, Kablam, Indie Planet kind of tied together. Right, right. And, you know, they sell books on there and, you know, you get your books print on demand and it works great for that. I mean, that's what I do for like Pizza Boys and so on. But it doesn't have that same kind of like community feel that Comic Central sort of had. Like Comic Central, it's like True. not only could you buy books, you know, you could meet people on there. You could talk to people. There was podcasts. There was other multimedia type things like that. I mean, you could even go on there and be like, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm writing this book and I need an inker or a colorist or something like that. And you could, you know, find somebody that way and so on like that. You know, you, you could ask, you go, hey, Rick, I need you to c- come on by and do some lettering or something like that. Get a variant cover, right. get some right. inking going. You know what I mean? There is that kind of cool aspect to it, too. No, absolutely. I don't, I don't think there's any of that right now for uh, indie creators. But, uh, I mean, we do have the internet, you know, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it's a lot more difficult to reach out to those outlets because you're essentially one person in a sea of, like, a, I was say a thousand, but literally millions of people, and uh, it's hard to get noticed. But with Comic Central, it's, it's so weird because when they first announced they were 
I guess, quitting for a split moment, I was considering, oh man, uh, I should consider like, I don't know, maybe buying their domain or just buying whatever they have left. Cause I have, ex- have somewhat experience in, you know, managing websites and all that, but it's just a matter of like, I didn't have the time yeah. you know, to, to that and the resources too. Um, but yeah, no, it was good when it lasted. Um, I discovered a lot of cool looking books uh, on that site and, uh, you know, yeah, there, there, the yeah, there's, there's the internet. Well, there was that kind of the time issue and so on. And, and I kid you not, uh, kind of like, you know, um, I guess this is all kind of like sort of like, you know, talking kind of secretly. But like there was a point where me, Craig and Derek were thinking about kind of taking over the Comic Central thing and just sort of like bringing it back, even if it was in like a smaller kind of dosage or something like that. You know, something that was we were trying to think of like, what's the easiest way to sort of manage it so that we can still work on our books as well, too? Because that's always kind of the downfall of so much stuff is like. You know, and I, think, I don't think a lot of people kind of get that, but you know, when it comes down to comp books, you know, and especially when you're doing a lot of the work and so on like that, that 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 does eat up a lot more time than I think people think. I think they kind of look at it and go, "Oh yeah, you put together a 24 issue book, you know, yeah, you probably just do that like on the weekend or something like that." And it's like, no, it's yeah. it's a lot more than that. <laughs> I would say it, dep- it would depend on the creator too, because I've seen people again. The only they post, they post stuff online, but you don't know if it's if it's new pages or whatnot. But it looks like they're just banging out pages daily or several pages a day. And uh, next thing you know, they have a comic at the end of the week. I'm like, man, either they're just, uh, I don't know, unemployed or they just know how to, you know what I mean? They know how to manage their time accordingly. But for myself, like, I just try to force myself to draw, uh-huh. you know, like, at, like after hours, whether it be like after eight o'clock at night or nine. Whatnot. But yeah, these people are cranking out pages and, you know, good for them. Because okay. you know, if I'm a fan, good for them. Yeah. It's not, well, I always give well. That's like I mean I've mentioned it so many times, but it's like dude Derek of the Maroon. Like that guy always seems like he's cranking out pages left and right. To top it off, he's doing pretty yeah. much all the work on there. You know what I mean? And you know he's got a full time job and a family and it, like he's got like everything going. It's like dude, what, what, what do you do? Do you not sleep? Like what, what's yeah. the secret to your madness or something? Or even yeah, like uh, I want to know what that is because it's uh, not only does he do the work, but I mean it's been he, consistent for the past. Uh, 18 issues or so yeah he's, you know? he's been doing it like uh, like forever too it's just like like knocking them out left and right and that's always the cool thing there too or it's like the other one too is i was i was kind of getting back in the ronma one half and i was looking at um for that creator there and her kind of schedule and so on i saw that's like she would turn out one of those chapters of like you know mm. the manga like every week and i'm like what what like that's I'm like that's like 18 pages or 19 pages and like now sometimes I think of those Japanese mangas and so on like I don't know if they just don't mention it it's the same thing it kind of goes with like American comics and so on like you know like Marvel DC Image Dark Horse the the big companies is I always kind of wonder how many like um in a sense like lackeys are underneath these people that are kind of like <laughs> you know what I mean like because you know especially in the manga ones because they'll make it out like dude it's just like one person just cranking out all this stuff and you're like. How you know what I mean? Like sometimes, like yeah. some of them are kind of a little bit more believable. Because I remember, like the Helsing guy, like he had special features in his books, and that was like one of the first times I remember kind of seeing like a behind the scenes of comics and so on, like that. And he said these, like I pretty much in one year I'm able to crank out one of these books. I'm like, well, that seems about reasonable, especially if you're getting paid right. for it and that's taken care of. It. You don't really have other commitments you got to go out and do. But like when I see some of that stuff, where it's like it's getting cranked out like by the week. I'm like, do you got to have like a couple of assistants that just don't get credited or something like that? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but I'm not really uh, into manga, but I've heard a couple of stories where 
um, like a book is produced the same way a cartoon is, where you have a you know I don't know several artists working at the same book at the same time and just crank it out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's any truth to it. Well, I, I think but, as uh, time kind of goes on, like if like the company comes in and be like, hey, we need to get these, you know, books, you know, out here and on the shelves, you know, I think sometimes it might start off kind of as like, a, you know, it's like the Ninja Turtles way, I guess. It starts off as two guys putting together the comic. And then right. as time goes on and Ninja Turtles gets bigger, they start getting one, they split up kind <clears> of, and, you know, they kind of leapfrog the issues and then they have they each have their own assistants and so on helping out and That's drawing. Right, yeah. So I, I, yeah. I see that. Oh, go ahead, though. I was going to say with the Ninja Turtles, it's one series that I, um, a few years back, I tried to get back into it, you know, just to see what's up, see how, how it's going. It was really hard to follow because there's so many titles. You know, there's the Extreme Cartoon Ninja, uh, Ninja Turtles, then these, I guess they have the regular series, either just Ninja Turtles and Teenage Mutant. And it's just, it got confusing. But yeah, every other issue is from a different artist. Yeah, so you start getting, yeah, yeah that that makes kind of sense, you know. But um, yeah. There is something always to be said, though, when, like, it does kind of keep, even if it makes, you know, for more work. Like, when you do see someone who kind of, like, you know, does all the art themselves and continues it going, even, no matter how much, like, you can almost feel there's a little bit more to that story. It's a little bit more personalized. Like, I, right. I always do kind of like that instead of, like, you know, sometimes there is the ones where, you know, it's almost like everything gets sort of, like, farmed out. And then it's almost like, well, it's like it started off as your story, but now it's almost become something else. You know, that could be still good, but, like, it kind of mm – -hmm. it's missing something. I mean, you see the same thing with, like, TV shows. If, like, the writers change from, like, the original writers to somebody else, it's right. just, like, this slight uncanny feeling comes in that changes the aspect of everything. I mean, it's, it's still the same characters, but something sort of just off. It's funny you say that because I've noticed with um, – a few weeks ago I watched The Boys on um... – Mm -hmm. on Amazon and uh, it was it was someone in Toronto right so I'm just paying attention to the background stuff and whatever I'm not from Toronto but we have family there so we visit once in a while uh -huh. and um, I'm looking around and stuff and I just noticed the, like, the writers and the directors and every show I believe was someone different and there's one episode it just something was off and um, I didn't know what it was and I just looked at the credits and it was a different name I think it was the first episode of season two or something like that it was a different name, either director or writer. So, like, oh, okay, that's what it was. Just, you know, a different uh, perspective on uh, the characters, I guess. But, uh, yeah, there's something really struck me as odd in that one episode. Yeah. Overall, it's a great series. But I, I know that's one of those one ones. I haven't seen that one. I know I have, like, the omnibus set in somewhere from that that came in. Because every once in a while, yeah. like, I think it's Dynamite that has those comics. But, like, they have, like... Yes. They'll do, like, a sale, like, around Christmas time. They'll be like, hey, it's, like, 10 or 15 bucks, and we'll just give you, like, 75 just random books from Dynamite. You know, and some of them are omnibuses, okay. some of them are graphic novels, and so on. So you just, you oh, well. end up with all this, like, you're like, oh, my gosh. I mean, some things you probably might not care for, but then it's like, who cares for $15? Right. That's, like, the price of one graphic novel. I'm going to get, like, 70 of them. Yeah, yeah. That's a good deal, though. Yeah, and it's like but, uh, I've got it like twice. So I, of course, I got this this ridiculous amount of dynamite books, and I always call dynamite. Always kind of reminds me of like it's like books that are like like almost like characters that are made for like grandparents and people that are dead already, you know? Because they're yeah, like yeah, yeah. The stories are like from characters from like the night or like nineteen tens and twenties and thirties and so on. But like, well, it's a licensing, right? I guess they just they managed to get the licensing and make yeah. something out of it. Like, uh, what's that character? Um, like Red Sonia or yeah. uh, you get like Red Sonia and you get like um 
Princess oh, so of Mars and Tarzan and, right. <laughs> you know, you're just getting all these really old timey, which I think is kind of cool because a lot of it's like the kind of the Pulp Fiction style, you know, those exactly. type of characters. And I'm glad that someone kind of keeps it going. And I, I always enjoy a lot, a lot of those dynamite books because they're just like the very alternative type stories. And you can just find some, you know, neat like, you know, TV shows that kind of get sequels and so on through there and what have mm-hmm. you. So it's always yeah, kind of yeah. fun. But um Rick, why don't you take us back in like the Wayback Machine? Like, how did you initially get into comics and so on? Oh gosh, um, it's funny. I don't really consider myself into comics. I just really enjoy them, mm-hmm. uh, especially indie comics. Uh, and I mean, I started off drawing when I was really young, probably second or third grade. I don't know. And um, it wasn't until fifth or sixth grade where um, I had a cousin. Well, I have a cousin who's much older than I am, and he was deeply into comics. I'm, t- I'm talking like he'd walk into a shop and grab stacks at a time. And this was way back uh, 80s, 90s, whatever. And, um, and he would draw as well. And he was an excellent artist through my eyes. And uh, again, I was a kid, so I asked him to draw a couple of pictures. He drew um, a Captain America, a Black Panther, and an Iron Man um, sketch like on different um, sheets. Mm-hmm. And I had them on my wall as a kid for the longest time. And I just remember vividly one day, like, you know what, I'm going to draw Captain America. And I did, and it came out okay. Like, I drew his Captain America, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, from now on, I want to draw. And I did. And it's just so weird that I just turned off the switch, turned on the switch, and I'm like, okay, um, I'm going to draw from now on. And, uh, you know, I create my own characters. Um, back when the Ninja Turtles cartoon came out, mm-hmm. or shortly after that, you know, of course, I create my characters. They weren't turtles, but they were pretty much Ninja Turtles without the turtle with pretty much humans you know so i'm like <laughs> pretty much stealing everything around me um well there's an amazing like time period like kind of after the ninja turtles it's about give or take like 89 to about 93 and there, there's all mm-hmm. these like almost like almost like ninja turtles like knockoff books where they you know they got like you know a crazy group of you know um you know humanoid kind of like creatures and so on and they always got like a zany title that kind of goes in there like you know you don't don't see like any of these books reprinted you just got to kind of randomly run across them like a flea market or something like that but i mean i guess Mm -hmm. the big ones would be something like sewer sharks or something like that that's kind of like a ninja turtles knockoff or like the cowboys of moo mesa okay okay if you remember that one where it's like it's a show about you know cows that are cowboys (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing, man, because they were so big and, you know, the cartoons, the video games, the arcade, the movies, uh, merchandising and all that. So, of course, it's only natural for someone to try to, um, you know, to milk the cow and just get as much money as possible off someone else's creation. Yeah. And uh, like I would do the same if I could, but, you know, different times back then. But um, so, yeah, anyways, it was drawing through high school. Um, I've always wanted to like create my own comic, but. I never wanted to be a professional artist because, you know, drawing for eight hours at a time, that never, ever appealed to me. Like, I just can't do it for that long. See, so, I, I like that you bring that up because I always kind of wonder when I kind of think of, like, other people's drawing habits and so on like that. And I go, I, I myself, I notice I get pretty much burnt out at generally about the four-hour mark. That's about as kind of right. far as I can kind of go in a day. I mean, if I maybe split my day up, I can maybe get a second wave, but mostly that's about it. But I always kind of wonder, I'm like, do some guys just go for, like, 12 hours straight, like maniacs and so on? I mean, I know Craig, yeah, you know, the pros do. Project Savior talks about that sometimes, that he just, like, draws, like, a madman and so on like that. And it's just, it's one of those ones, for me, like, what I kind of come to the conclusion is, like, I kind of got into drawing almost sort of, I guess, like, 
sort of as like just a means to tell my story because I, I really think at the end of the day I'm like I'm more of a writer, but I just kind of felt the way mm. I'm like, hey, if I can I can draw good enough, I guess, to get a story across, well then I can just do that too, and then at least I don't have to worry about that aspect in there too, and so on. But I don't right. always think of myself as like you know I enjoy drawing, but it's not like. I don't have that thing like, man, I could draw for 12 hours a day every single day, and that's just my thing, you know? I, I feel yeah. like, oh, I don't, I don't like drawing that much. <laughs> I mean, I like it. I don't love it. I like, I like it. it. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> you know? Well, those kind of things. But I'm glad I kind of hear that you could kind of say that, too, that you're like, okay, yeah, because I just always wonder, like, maybe, maybe everybody else is just a maniac, and they can just draw, even for, like, you know, seven or eight hours, you know? Yeah, I mean, for some, it must be, like, a really deep passion. And, again, I love to draw, but I can't commit that time even before kids whatnot i just can't can't commit that time to uh to to drawing all the time and um i mean i did try like when was it um 2019 um the inktober challenge and um and you did a challenge and a half because what's that and you did that twice too because i got both those books yeah i did it twice i just did another challenge in june called kaijun about kaiju monsters and all that and i mean that was pretty much on the limb. I didn't really, I wanted to do something and I saw it was coming up like three days before. I'm like, okay, let me try this. And I did. And, uh, I mean, drawing big monsters like kaijus, I didn't like, I'm not really into them. I enjoy reading them or just seeing them on online and whatnot, but to draw them all the time. Okay. I, I burnt out after <laughs> like day three. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? I need to plan this out. I, I completed the challenge, but some of them you could you'll see that you know they're not monsters they're cheats you know they're fillers yeah <laughs> you know i was too busy that day so uh, i just draw like this big mosquito and <laughs> call it a day well but, i will uh, say that that's one of the one things there's a lot of your artwork you you'd always do a fantastic job when it comes to kind of like monsters and creatures and you know thank you. things of that kind of nature like th- those drawings are always so badass yeah with those you just get the freestyle they're, they're forgiving too yeah um you know when in doubt at um a tentacle or something or add, uh, <laughs> you know, spikes <laughs> and make it look decent. But, um, so yeah, when I did the first October challenge, um, uh, I was expecting my, um, my third child and I really wanted to do it, but I had to plan it out. So, you know, what I would do is in the morning, I would just flesh out the sketch quickly enough where I could complete it, um, just by inking over it. So I do that about, let's say, 15 minutes, start inking, go to work, come back, and then around dinner time and, and complete it and just post it online. And that was a routine that kind of worked for the month. And I'm thinking, okay, that's pretty cool. So if I could just manage to outline whatever I want um, close enough to the to the finished product, I could, you know, produce pages pretty quickly. When I say pages, just drawings, not comic book pages, but just yeah. basic drawings pretty quickly. So that's the uh, somewhat of a technique I kind of discover that i'm capable of doing but the thing is a lot of times i'm just sketching around like i don't know what i'm drawing like i'm just gonna you know start with something and turns out okay at the end but if you were to ask me to draw something specifically i'm like oh man what pose what am i <laughs> what am i doing if i went on the building am i doing it like i brushed over but um so yeah doing the uh, art challenge really for me yeah it helped me just uh start to finish something like on the same day, like mm-hmm. you know, in the same sitting as opposed to letting it drag out several days or weeks. 
Well, the but, ni- um, I would say the nice yeah. thing about it is it kind of gives you it gives you a due date and like I have to get this done by here and so on like that. Just like, I mean that's part of the yeah. challenge and everything like that. But kind of it, and it gives you a project to kind of have things going because I've learned that with myself. Like I can't just do anything just to do stuff. Like if it comes to right. I, I ha- like if I'm gonna draw, I kind of have to have a project that it goes towards. It's the same way I felt with nice. anything else. If I have if I was gonna play music, it has to go towards like you know you're making a song or it's going towards a band or you know if you're gonna make a movie, you just can't just make anything it's like i always kind of got to have like what's the project or or you know it's like photography i just can't go shoot photography i have to have something in mind that like why am i doing this you know i I don't know i just always need that project sense and that seems like what those art challenges almost kind of give you absolutely too and another thing i just always wanted to uh, to, you know to improve and um i started doing uh like life drawings online like there's there's websites online where you could just you know draw the figure and 30 seconds and a minute and five minutes. Mm-hmm. But they're doing that, but it's just, um, you know, doing it alone and it, it, you need discipline. Like, you know what? Today on this Wednesday, I'm going to go down and the basement and, and, and draw the figures. It's just, like you said, it's, it, it's not easy to practice. You want to be doing something. You're like, oh, I'm just drawing figures for, you know, it's not really something, right? It's to practice, but it's not really. Um, like a panel I'm working on or a post or a pinup. Yeah. It's pretty much rough sketches that will probably end up, you know, in the recycling bin because unless they're that good, you want to keep them, but otherwise they'll, they'll probably just end up in the recycling bin. Yeah. Cause I, I don't know. Like I always feel like if, if I, whatever I kind of make or draw, I want to at least have like, Hey, it's going towards something. I don't, I don't care. Maybe I can use this down the line as a, even a filler yeah. page. Maybe I can turn this into like a sticker or you, you, you never know what it can kind of go to, but some type of promo art doesn't matter. Just being able to have right. it kind of, it, it at least is going towards something and something like that, where I know some people can just like sketch away and just like, it's almost just like what they sort of do. It's just like, Oh, it's just, you know, just hanging out, sketching and so on like that. And I think that's always really cool when I see people kind of doing that and so on, like that can just, you know, doesn't matter. They're just like, they're just sitting somewhere waiting in line and they're just like drawing a picture and so on like that. You know, they're at jury duty yeah. and they're like sketching out like, the people there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember oh, I did gosh. that one time I was at jury duty. I was like, well, they gave me a pen and paper and uh, I got a lot of free time here. I, I might as use this as a life drawing class. So I just sit there and drew pictures of everybody in there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> someone's probably like, man, that guy's taking a lot of notes. <laughs> yeah, he's really into it. <laughs> yeah, like, he's, he's really there, so I'd like that, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, so, yeah, so just, you know, drawing along. I've been doing, um, that's the thing, because I really want to get into something, a project. And um, I know early, like, I'm just going back to what I was saying before. Earlier on, I knew I didn't really want to draw full time. And uh, I didn't have the discipline or just the desire. But I love to draw, but just not like, eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. And I figured, okay, how can I get into comics without drawing? So, you know, I tried um, I tried my hand at coloring, the digital coloring. And um, that was a challenge. I didn't have the, pr- the proper equipment. Um, then lettering. I mean, my background is in graphic design. So lettering, to me, was uh, the perfect fit. Mm-hmm. So, like, way back in the day, I would letter... Um, like zines for people, you know, like small press stuff, and um, did that for maybe a year or so. And after uh, graduating graphic design, I just I got into the you know working as a graphic designer, web designer, whatnot, and uh, starting a career. And I feel like I just completely forgot about comics. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> the real life, you know, just came up, and I, uh, you know, 
from your school, find a job, find a home, pay rent, mm-hmm. buy a house, and all that. And essentially, next thing you know, um, I was watching the news and I saw there was a convention in my city, like Comic Con, like an actual Comic Con. And uh, that caught me off guard because I didn't know about it. And it was going on like right now, so I missed it. So I went the next year. And um, it was cool because I saw a few artists that I kind of knew of, indie artists I knew of in the past, mm-hmm. and a few like, like pros. Like one of my favorite artists of all time is Dale Keon. And, uh, and he was there. Ooh. So I walked up to him. He signed my book and whatnot. And uh, the bug just came back. And I think that was 2014 or 2013 or so. Mm-hmm. So the bug came back, and I, since then I was kind of, you know, sketching, drawing, whatnot. And um, but again, I didn't really want to be an artist. Because the thing is, in comics, I've had several opportunities where, um, like, I was approached by um, a writer mm-hmm. to work on a project. The thing is, working with writers, um, essentially, I'm at their mercy, right? So I have to draw what they want. Yeah, and. I'd rather just do what I want, not to be like an a-hole or anything, but um, I remember reading, uh, I have this book, what is it, it's Jim Lee's Hush? Oh, and the Batman Hush? Or something. Yeah, that one, yeah, yeah. And um, he was saying that he had to redraw a page because the writer, I can't remember his name. Jeff Loeb. Right, right, he was saying, okay, I have to redraw this panel. I'm thinking, man, he's making Jim Lee redraw a panel or <laughs> add a background? Like this is Jim Lee. This is arguably the most um, talked about artist, and this writer had the gall to tell him to you know, he add something to the background. Like, if Jim Lee has to do it, God, I'm sure that you know little old me will have to probably redraw the whole thing or just you know <laughs> start the whole book. And that never appeals to me because I'm not down with uh, you know because it's all about interpretation too. Like, oh, I thought he meant this, but uh-huh. started writer meant that and you know i've seen other indie writers talked about their collabs and whatnot and there's one in particular saying oh um this guy drew the wrong character and had to redo the page it was like a double page spread and i'm thinking man had that been me um i would have raced the head been, and like slapped the- <laughs> either that or i'm like rewrite the script to make it fit <laughs> yeah know? exactly you know and I mean, I know of like so, Hush too, because that's like the book where it's like you got like one of the biggest writers at the time, and then you also have one of the mm-hmm. biggest artists. So you just like bring it in, just like the all star group, and so on, having that. And oh. you know, I, I know that there's always those multiple different ways. There's like there's some of those kind of writers that do the thing where like they pretty much write it out like it's almost like a novel. So it's like you have yeah. like a very like detailed list of how it is, and then there's other guys just been like, yeah, Captain America walks in, he kicks ass, you know, you figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I noticed that I prefer the um, the full script because I don't want to guess anything because again it's not my story. Yeah. And um, so yeah, it's funny because I had an opportunity once and um, uh, the writer had this script. It looked pre- I was pretty interested in the script and um, I was fairly like I was coming I was going back into drawing so I was kind of hesitant to do it or not. I'm like oh, I don't know I don't want to do it. It's fairly I'm not ready I'm not ready so. I was talking myself out of it, and finally, I'm telling my wife, "You know what? I'll, I'll just, I'll just do it." And um, so we exchanged a few emails, and uh, you know, we had to agree on payment. I'm like, "Oh gosh, okay, how much? Mm-hmm. How much does one charge for you know a comic page?" And I did research. Okay, I settled on the fixed amount, mm-hmm. and um, in my head, it's in U.S. dollars. I'm not American, but you know, the dollar's worth more in the U.S., so 
I just okay the U.S. dollar. And uh, he's like, okay, I'll, he comes back with the, the same the same num- number, but in Canadian dollars, mm-hmm. which is lower. I'm like, oh man, okay. Um, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I was thinking U.S. dollars, and and then about the script. The script was really um, open. It's kind of like you said, Captain America walks in, tears it up, and <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm used to the uh, traditional, well, the full script. I prefer the full script, and the script that I had was not like that. So I was like, okay, that's strike two right there, right? So essentially we parted ways. But it was just um, one of those moments, okay, yeah, see, I'm not, I'm working on someone else's creation, therefore it's their rules, their playground, and if I'm not happy with it, it's tough luck for me. And um, so yeah, that never, um, that project never happened. But that being said, I did end up doing a, um, a pinup for the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the project never, this was two years, three years ago maybe? Uh-huh. The project never uh, I think it was supposed to go to Kickstarter. Never happened, so I don't know what's going to happen with the cover or yeah. the project itself. But it was fairly interesting. I, I like the idea. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, he comes back and um, I don't know revisits his uh, his creation. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, those kind you of know. things do. It always kind of is a bummer when you know guys start a project and just you know doesn't follow all the way through. I mean, I'll say that's the one thing I like about comic books over kind of doing everything else in sort of multimedia because my whole life I've done everything from doing like music to, you know, movies and animation and so on. At least comic books feels like you can kind of do the full spectrum of whatever story you possibly want and it's all pretty feasible. You know what I mean? It's just – it's going to take some time but beyond time, it doesn't really take a whole lot of money. It doesn't really take a whole lot of other stuff. It's, you know, it's just a little bit of time and I mean – I'm the, the way I feel, it's like that's why I do Pizza Boys like 100% by myself in a sense. It's because mm-hmm. I'm in full control. It's I never have to like be like, oh, you know, wait on somebody else or, you know, getting certain things. Yeah. You know, just certain things that kind of hold you up, you know what I mean? And somebody else, you know, yeah, maybe, you know, decides that, like, hey, I, I want the story to go, go kind of this way instead. You're like, oh, no, 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 that's, you know, and I'm, and I'm fine of working with other people and so on. But there is something to be said about being like, hey, I'm driving this ship the whole way and I'm manning everything in it and it's just all going to be controlled and you know just that nice kind of environment and so on and i think that's also what works really well in comics kind of favors because as long really at the end of the day this is all i feel as long as your comic book is clear on what is happening it doesn't matter like it it, you know the the artwork can go from like being super simplistic stick characters to like jim lee like highly detailed art and both of them still really work you know what i mean like that's always kind of the the cool thing about a comic book is that like no, nobody's really better than the next person. It's just, it's, it's just different taste and different looks and so on. You know, I mean, one of my only key things is I always feel like as long as somebody at least puts backgrounds in there, like that's that's about my only thing. It kind of like <laughs> when right. I see books that like are missing backgrounds, like predominantly, and I've even seen Marvel yeah. and DC books missing backgrounds more often than you would think too. And that's always like, dude, what what is going on here? Come on, guys. Yeah, I um, I was looking at uh, what was it? I think it was Snake Eyes by Rob Liefeld, mm-hmm. and um. He's an artist, you know, one of the founding members of the image. He's one of those artists that, like, back in high school, everybody would bash him. And I was the only one who would defend him because he had, like, a lot of ideas. Like, he is a comic book guy, just straight up ideas left and right. You might not agree with his ideas, but he is straight up, like, you know, the quintessential comic book creator. And I was looking through this Snake Eye book, and um, I kid you not, let's, let's say it's a 22-page book. At least half of it were either full page spreads or um, double page spreads, mm-hmm. and most of them had no background. So I'm like, he probably banged this out, his book out in maybe like two days tops because it was mostly just big pinups. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> yeah, just that he one. got his money worth for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's those things where people are like, "Yep, like you know, I, like they can draw characters real well, but then everything else." And I think that's almost a key thing to becoming a comic book artist too, just is being very well rounded, being like, "Hey, you're able to draw almost anything in the sets." You know, doesn't mean you have to draw them like totally perfectly or, you know, in right proportions or everything like that. As long as it's like, once again, you can tell what's going on and it's got your kind of artistic flair and so on like that. And you're able to draw the backgrounds, the characters, the ships, the cars, you know, the so on, the monsters. But the funny thing is, even um, like the big name creators, a lot of times, like you said, they have their understudy or um, their crew and they don't draw backgrounds. They have um, other people draw it for them. Yeah. So like, you, you I know Mark Silvestri with his uh, you know, Cyber Force or whatever at the time, or maybe it could have been um, Darkness. He had the whole studio working on his book. Like he would draw, I guess, the main characters. Um, like I don't know if this for a fact, but I've heard stories where someone else would draw backgrounds. You know, <laughs> he, so, he just goes in there, does like a three minute sketch, and just toss it. Okay, you guys figure it out. I'm going to lunch. What time are you gonna get back? <laughs> ah, tomorrow. <laughs> Something crusty the clown would do. <laughs> Come back when it's done. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just spit on a piece of paper, hand it over, <laughs> call it good. You know, well, it's like, I remember like when I first looked at comics and stuff and I was kind of thinking like, I actually thought they were going to be more like, I, I pictured them being like more like animations where, okay, somebody probably draws the backgrounds and then somebody else draws the characters and so on. Like, mm-hmm. so that was like my kind of theory at first. And then I was like, well, I guess it does make kind of sense that. In a comic book, you draw both the background and the character at the same time for the most part, just because you know I don't know it fits in. It's not. I mean, I guess it's not the same as animation, but at the same time, I guess mm-hmm. the animation style could kind of work too. I don't know. Right, right, right. That's true. You know, could. if if you did want to save those extra times and so on like that, you know, yeah. all those small things. But um, I did kind of want to go back to when you were talking about doing the lettering and everything like that. And I think that like yeah. by you gravitating towards that, that's actually kind of a really cool idea because that is the one that like I always kind of feel like that's sort of the job that people don't always think about nearly as much. But it's actually the one that's almost like very much in need. I'm going to use like the example right. of like a band or something like that too. It's like I always feel like you know everybody in like their you know their grandmother plays guitar. Or, you know, wants mm-hmm. to sing or wants to, you know, kind of do that. But not as many people, you know, always are playing drums or playing keyboards and so on like that. And those are almost the instruments that are almost more necessary than the other ones. And people always kind of <laughs> need that. And that's how I sort of feel like that. that's pretty much what, you know, in a sense, lettering is. You know, that's also what coloring can be and even like right. inking to an extent. You know, I feel like that's sort mm-hmm. of like chain of command, you know, of just like what's more what's needed more than others, you know. Right, right. But the thing with, you know, inking, coloring. They can look, they can make them the most um, I guess basic pencil look like uh, you know if you go from I don't know the crappy artist and you have a good anchor and make it look like Jim Lee it's really it's a polished skill because I've seen people um, draw breakdowns and they're really crude looking pencil sketches mm-hmm. and the ink would go in and just polish it out and it looks it kind of looks the same but man you can tell that it's it's a night and day oh yeah and it was color with coloring nowadays it's just I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they manage their time because every page on a, whether it be Image or a Marvel book, as an example, every like every page looks so. They put they put in the work. Mm-hmm. I hope it's I hope it's easy for them because to me I'd be like no nah, I'm not doing it because it'll take me again two days to color <laughs> this page, and uh, you know all the uh, yeah it's just they do terrific work but you know. I just, I hope it's worth their while because to me it looks really time consuming. Well, yeah, because that, that that's always the thing that always kind of I always wonder because you know you look at the cover of you know certain big comic books and so on and you know it's going to say writer in huge print 
penciler in huge yeah. print and then inker colorist you know letterer yeah. editor like all, all those ones are in tiny ones and i almost kind of want to go like well let, let's be honest guys the writer <laughs> in the in the penciler are probably not doing nearly as much work as you know the other guys there you know at the yeah, end of the day yeah. you know it's like it's one of those ones like you know but well maybe they are because they you know they, they just own their craft Maybe, uh-huh. maybe they are. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say this right off the bat. I, don't, I know the writer definitely is not doing nearly as much work <laughs> because, you know, writing a comic book, you know, some, some writers make it out like they're writing a novel. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, yeah. you're, you're writing a light script, like a light movie script. Like, l- l- let's not kid ourselves. It's not saying that the writing can't be a challenge in other ways, but, you know, mm-hmm. workload compared to, like, drawing, I, I feel like it's not even close. <laughs> You know what I mean? I, <laughs> yeah, I I can write like a Pizza Boys issue in like a couple of days. It's going to take me like a couple of months to draw it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, see, because you're the you're the cartoonist. Like you do it all. Um, yeah. Some writers, yeah, I don't know what their schedules like, but um, from, from what I hear, some of them get really they get paid well. Yeah. Um, like the page rate for writers are it's pretty high up there. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, that, that's almost the key. Th- I mean, because like I'll say this, like. If I just needed to write just straight up stories, I, I could write stories for days. It's just one of those ones you mm-hmm. like, you know, I got all these backed up stories, and it's like, well, it's going to take me, you know, about on average three months to do an issue or so. You know, right. I, I would say I could probably do it in two months if really I'd like there was not other things getting in the way and so on like that. Yeah, I could that's good. Knock it out in two. Sometimes it takes even longer just because, you know, things do come up, and next thing you know, it takes you four, four or five months. You don't really want to be like that right. long, but, you know, that's kind of how it is. And uh, I, I always felt like if pretty much if the only thing I had to do in the day was just like sit down and just make the comic book, though, that would get back to our uh, not really wanting to draw for eight hours. But let's just say <laughs> if that's like that was literally all you had to tactically do, you had everything else was taken care of for you. That's all you had to do in the day. I think I could knock mm-hmm. one out like one per month. I mean, I, you'd probably have to take a break at some point, but I think I could. Right. That's pretty good. So when you draw your comics, do you draw them uh, like you start one? complete it and then start the other or would you you know let's say draw two at a time and then come back release one go back to the other release it again in a few months or so uh well you release release them as you go yeah pizza boys i've always just done it where i just go and then pretty much whenever it comes out you know it's probably only been like done for about two weeks or so that's just like the getting the final stuff together um there's a couple times where i I, by the time i kind of released it i was already like 10 pages into like the next one because sometimes I was kind oh, okay. of I was kind of flip flopping them. I was on like I was on a real good run there for like a moment, like about like a year ago, where I was just there was like two issues in a row that I did like really fast together, and there were actually some. Well, you did one of the variant covers on it. I think it was uh, the issue ten, because that was the one that um, I felt okay, like I knocked that thing out in like two months. Like I really just went oh, no. <laughs> went to town on it, you know, yeah, like. Yeah. And sometimes that kind of happens. Then I think the one there was like one or two after that that took me a lot longer. And granted, one of them was a lot had about like an extra ten pages in it, so that kind of made a difference yeah. too. But um, yeah, but yeah, it's kind of like that. And then my, my main way that I like to do it because this is always what I think is interesting is asking like different artists is sort of like how they kind of like prepare a page and so on like that. And the way that I mm-hmm. generally have always kind of went about it is I sort of did like what I always call like the penciling part, though it's kind of more like sketching, I guess. It's like the in between. I do mine all digitally, so I guess. It's right. not really a pencil. It's like a, you know, tablet sketch. But um, I right. kind of do the sketch part, kind of line it out, sort of see where everything is and whatnot. And once that's kind of good, my second thing I always go to next before the inking is I like to do all the lettering, like in, right after I do the penciling. Because if I, if oh, I do, really? 
But my, the whole reason I like to do that is just I've learned that, like, sometimes you go in there and you, you think you're like, yeah, that will fit in that kind of, like, circle or block right there. And then you go to right. put it in there and you're like, oh, oh, that's going to take up a lot more room than I thought and so on like that. So at least by not doing the inking yet, you haven't really committed as much, like, you know, to the page. So right. it's, it's kind of okay because nothing's worse than, like, inking a bunch of stuff and then kind of coming over and going like, great, I'm going to cover up a third of the – Big job with with words now, (laughs) you know that that wasn't what I was planning on, and so on like that. So that's where I like to do the. the, I've been and I've been doing that since I think about like issue two or three. Like I kind of discovered that like I like doing the lettering about dead center in there, and I and I think that kind of makes it like that. And then I'll do the inking, and then I do what I uh, you know do the toning is like the next thing I'll do kind of at the very end to kind of dial it all in. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Now, how, how how would your order of process go? Um, but again, I haven't done that many comics really. Um, I'm working on something right now. Um, we're at the very early early stages, and um, the way I come about it would be to whether it be a cover or a pinup, um, I would just try try to sketch out a layout like really small, just to see how you know what pose I want, and I would just replicate that um, that sketch on a bigger, on a bigger page. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people would just, you know, photocopy it or blow it up and trace it and whatnot. Like I don't have that equipment. So I just, you know, try my best to, um, just reproduce the, like, the sketch I had. Mm-hmm. Um, at times I've tried that technique where you know, I do something and I like, post it and just, you know, take a picture, blow it up and then and print it and then trace it. Um, I've tried that technique and it's, it does save time and headaches because I have a knack of, you know, um, I have like a, a nine by twelve page, and I want a full body. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, <laughs> I start drawing, and oh, I, I can't draw past the knees because there's no space, there's no room left. And uh, at least by doing that beforehand, just blowing up your um, initial layout or sketch, you know that you have enough room for everything. Um, but yeah, sometimes I just get carried away and like, oh, okay, um, either I try to make it fit or I just like, screw it, it doesn't fit, and. Uh, <laughs> that's that that's but essentially it. like what i'm doing now i'm just doing uh, thumbnails because uh-huh. uh, i know i can't i don't have that much time and <laughs> i guess the patience and maybe discipline so i just want everything pretty much laid out in front of me so i know what panel goes where i know that this is a headshot uh, sideways to the left mm-hmm. and there's no thinking i'll just go up and, and, and straight up do it so i might spend a lot of time doing thumbnails and just you know rough layouts but at the end, for myself, it's uh, uh, it's the way to go because um, I don't want to have a, a page in front of me, and I spend most of the time just thinking of, okay, what's next? What should I? Uh, what should go here? Uh, what pose should I use? Um, what angle? You know, yeah. As long as I'm prepared beforehand, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, and, and I think that does make a difference. I mean, the thing that I kind of do that kind of. I guess since I don't do like that, sometimes the light, the real light initial sketching, it's, but I do write my, and when I write my scripts out, they're actually kind of like thicker in writing. So it's like, I got a lot, like in a sense, from the writing, I have an idea mm-hmm. of like how everything kind of like, I want my pose to look or what kind of shot I'm going to go in in my head. And then from there, that's when I start doing the sketching. But the thing is, I do mine all digitally. I don't, I don't do any, right. I, I do no physical drawing whatsoever. I just kind of start right in Manga Studio and I just have all my different like layers from my penciling to my inking to my toning and so on. I just do it all straight up in there. So at least the, the only upside there is you can always do the thing where you're like, oh, character doesn't fit. Well, let me just uh, resize that real, oh, there we That's go. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
and that's one thing I love to do. I'd love to try one time. I'd love to try digital. Now, do you do um, all your stuff like uh, traditional style? Yeah, I mean, I don't have the again. I don't have the equipment. I do have like an uh, iPad uh, Mini, uh-huh. but it's too it's too old. Like, I can't I can't install Procreate on it. Oh, because you, you you probably it might not work with the the Apple Pencil thing. Yeah, I just can't install it because the it's uh, too old. Yeah. And now they came out with the new iPad Pros, and I'm trying to convince my wife it's a good idea for me to get it. And um, I've failed so far, but you know, I'm still trying. Well, I will say this. I get it. I won't be in the basement as much. Yeah, so. there you go. Well, I'll say this. like, Because um, a couple of years ago, I got my girlfriend the iPad Pro. I think it was kind of when it came out, where when the pencil first kind of came out and so on. Right. And I was like, because she did a lot, she did tr- totally traditional art, never did like computer stuff and so on. Like, because I'm one of those like almost odd people. Like, I drew as a kid, but I literally, right. all my drawing skills mostly came from using like the, the computer tablet, not the one where you draw on the screen, but the one where like you draw like next to your keyboard while looking at the screen. And that's, I pretty much have learned to draw with yeah. that in a, in a weird I had way. I one of those. Yeah. I had one of those back in the day, like, uh, Oh, what was it called? Intuos two or? Oh, it, uh, I, I, I had the Intuos Arkham? two. Uh, yeah, I literally had that one. It finally gave out on me maybe like two or three years ago. But that's what I used for like ten years drawing on, and it was like some. It was somebody's, like you know, they didn't need it anymore. And I, I mean, I used the little yeah. daylights out of that thing for the longest. time. That's pretty much how I learned to draw. Was on one of those. Okay. Yeah, I still have mine. It's somewhere in the basement, but it doesn't work anymore. I don't think it's compatible with uh, with my computer. I bought another one not too long ago, but. It's just not the same. I yeah. can use it for, for coloring, but I, I can't. I can't draw, and I can't look at uh, the screen and draw on uh, the tablet that way. Yeah, and, but, and, and, and that's yeah. the one thing is I, I can see where, like, especially when you do come from like a hardcore traditional background, how that would be a real challenge and so on, like, because right. it's like one of those ones. Like, I think some people almost sometimes look at me weird, like, like you draw everything just straight on the tablet thing. I'm like, yeah, that's, I just I like those old fashioned like those tablets and so on. But um, yeah. and wrapping it back around to uh, the iPad Pro and going into that, I mean, when she, because she went um, from, girlfriend went from uh, traditional drawing on pen and paper and so on like that. And then we kind of went and we looked at the tablets. We looked between the Windows one and the, because um, they have the Windows Surface and then the iPad Pro, with the little pencil and so on like that. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those ones at first I'm like, well, get the Windows one. That's what all my software is on. I can just load it all up on there, you know, and so on like that. Right. But then it was just like when we compared, the, the difference was was comparing that pencil to like yeah. the to like the stylus on there, and it's not that the stylus wasn't good on the surface, but that pencil was just that much more dialed in. We're like, you know what? Let's just spend a couple extra bucks and get that. Got that. Yeah. And I kid you not, like in about one night, she went home and started drawing on it, and it like it was almost like kind of just a very instant jump into it, and so on. And now she's oh, been drawing on Procreate and using the tablet for I don't know about three years or something like that, turning out drawings all the time. So I think that's one of those ones. If you can get one for yourself, that is kind of the cool way to go. Um, I do want to say Craig uses that all the time from Project Savior. Does he? Yeah, yeah. I want to say that that's one of his main ways. See, I, I'm one of those ones, like, I, I still keep my, I like my big screens and my, you know, mm-hmm. traditional tablet and so on. And I like Manga Studio a lot. I've just been using that for, like, 10 years, so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely something I want to try out because, you know, a lot of pros and a lot of indie creators, too, they use, you know, they're all, they're all digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess they produce faster. Um one thing I've noticed that really bothers the hell out of me, uh, I feel it's common practice now, but um, I don't know, man. I've never been able to draw a circle, for instance, or a sphere that well, even with the proper um, 
proper tools. So I don't know. A lot of them, you know, they use the, uh, the I call them cheats, but it's common practice now. So I feel, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm in the wrong where you can just, you know, draw a perfectly perspective building and everything is done for you. Yeah. So I'm just debating whether it's considered drawing or not, you know, where, you know, I'm seeing all these cars and I'm like, man, these are perfect. <laughs> like, I would never be able to draw anything that perfect, even had hours and on end to, to complete it. Well, um, I, I will say this, you know? kind of going into what you're saying there, like, that's why I, I don't like to use any of the tools that kind of make something perfect or anything like that. Like, I mean, like, mm-hmm. I like to draw all my word balloons, like, exactly like, I, I like, because if I do it myself, I feel like it will look like my artwork and it'll fit together. If I start using, like, you know, you know, just use the ellipse tool and things like that and the, and the balloons yeah. and the everything starts looking too perfect. It doesn't, it won't balance with my, the way that my artwork looks. I, I feel like right. I don't draw good enough to have a perfect circle. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the, the perfect circle is going to just stand out like a sore thumb and it's going to make my drawings look like either one or the other is going to look off. So I feel like right. I personally like to draw everything. I mean, I'm one of those ones I don't like to – I mean if I have to draw a bunch of like trees in the background, I literally will draw all those trees myself because I feel that look will look better in my personal opinion than kind of using a tool that will kind of replicate it or something like that. Like yeah, it's just yeah. like – and it's not like it really takes – I don't – I mean yeah, I guess that, you know you could save some time and so on like that. And I guess there's a time and a place for all that. you know. Or it's exactly. like it's like a car. Like you know, my thing that I've been doing now for cars is like I – Whenever I need a car, because somehow, some way, I, I always have to end up drawing cars. I'm not really the greatest at drawing cars, but I always seem to mm-hmm. find – I seem to write them in there all the time. Is uh, <laughs> I use – there's a program called SketchUp, and this sounds like – I learned it from Stan Lee in one of his books. He mentioned it in there like <laughs> like the most bizarre – because I can't imagine Stan Lee ever using it. But just like, well, those ones he mentioned in like one of his How to Draw Comics books. But, you know, not yeah, like yeah. the 70s one, of course, but like the one he did like yeah. in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And um, you literally can just type in whatever car you need. So it's like, I need like a 1996 Subaru or something like that. Like you could pop it up with the exact version of it. So then you could just have this 3D model that you can just spin around and you can see what ev- every angle it is and so on. Cause, yeah, you know, I've heard people doing that. So and that kind uh, of. That's different though, right? I've heard people just, you know, taking it and, and tracing it. And I don't know. I'm not. It doesn't sit well with me. I'm not used to that. But I feel it's, again, it's common practice for everybody using digital now. Yeah, well, because I mean, okay to, yeah. what, what I used to do before is I would just go outside and I would just take all the pictures of like, I'd find a car and I'd just take all the pictures around it that I kind of needed. And then that would be my references because right. so I could kind of see it, you know, but if there's certain cars that you need to draw that, you you know, you don't have all those like one, you can't just go out yeah. and take pictures of it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you look it up online, I notice cars a lot of times are only taken from like their pictures are always taken from like one side. So it's kind of like, well, yeah. I, I kind of what does it look like exactly from the other side? You know, I mean, I know cars are kind of the same on each side, but it sounds kind of weird. But sometimes just being able to see how it looks when it's turning from a certain side or something like that. Like I do like the 3D model for being able to look like how I pictured in my head. I just tilt it like, okay, that's what it's going to look like. Okay, and that's my kind of reference for it. So I I like it for that. But like at the same time, like, you know, I I feel like it still has to look kind of like. I drew it no matter what. Like, I don't want to just yeah. pop it. Like, you know, some, you know, you see some of those comic books where it's almost feels like they pop in like a picture or a 3d object. And then they kind of use like a, a filter over it. Like that. Also, well, that's what I'm saying. Like that yeah, kind of stuff to me. Yeah. 
it, it, I don't really like that because it, it sta- once again it stands out like it's one of those ones like I rather just draw it myself you know just I mean you're looking at it, there's nothing wrong with like a reference or something like that I feel like there's some of those people out there's like I, you have to draw from like the mind or something like so like some kind of yeah, kung yeah. fu training which is co- all cool and dandy I'm like <laughs> I'm all down for somebody who doesn't need anything who could just close their eyes and they know exactly what they need to see but I always feel yeah. like if I if I don't have the picture of the car I'm looking at all my cars are gonna look like like the Homer Simpson car or something like that like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I, I just have a feeling that I won't be able to draw all the different versions I kind of want. Yeah. But um, well, yeah, definitely for reference, I get it. But um, but yeah, yeah. I, I personally, I I believe in like literally drawing everything, and it even comes to like yeah. even if I have a scene where like okay, say like it's the same, like it's like three panels in the row, and there's like they don't really change except for let's say like maybe the eyes change or maybe just just small details change. I literally yeah. will draw all three of those over and over because I feel like it gives it just that little bit better, that almost more realistic. And maybe this almost even just comes from kind of like animation. Cause when I did that yeah. and so on is that animation is one of those ones, like it actually looks better if you literally just draw every single, like, you know, or every other frame technically is kind of how it is, but you draw every single one of those. It actually will look way cooler and way more fluid. Even if it's not even like, even if it's a little sketchy and so on, yeah. you know, yeah. it makes it look a lot nicer. I mean, geez, that's why like, that's why old animation always looks so good. Like, you know, whether it be anything from like a Fleischer cartoon to even the yeah. Disney and, you know, old Johnny quest and, you know, just any of those kind of ones where like people aren't really cutting corners as much, you know, right. It's like yeah, it, yeah. it just it stands out and it looks just that much better and so on, you know. Or and uh, just go back to yeah the animation. Um, I think after college, I, I did work placement at an animation studio, and um, I wasn't drawing; I was just like a production assistant. Uh-huh. Essentially, I was making. Essentially, <laughs> it means I was making photocopies and stuff and doing <laughs> research. It sounds fancy, but it was it was pretty much it. Um, but the animators in the studio, they would. Um, um, yeah, they, they would draw whatever they had to draw, and they would photocopy it, tilt it, and there was a lot of tracing their own things. And again, that was a shock to me because I didn't know. I just assumed that you would draw everything from scratch. So again, I'm like, oh man, that's a that's a cheat. But <laughs> in the industry, it's it's common practice. Why spend? I mean, they went to school. They spent hours and hours, you know, honing their craft. So they they know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So you know, photocopying and tracing whatever they had to do, it just makes it a lot faster for them and i assume it's the same thing for um comic pros or just any indie artists where you know they're using these softwares for uh like you said mostly for reference but some they might i don't know i heard um one artist say that they use sketchup to um they have this room and the room is an odd shape so he was saying that for the sake of a deadline he traced the outline of the room but everything else in it, whether it be chairs, windows, walls, detail, were um, pretty much rendered by hand. So that I understand, but um, I don't know. I'm just not. Uh, I'm not. I'm so used to traditional mm-hmm. that when I see stuff digital, digital uh, done that way, I just. I don't know. I'm not convinced. I feel it's a cheat. But <laughs> you know, if everybody's doing it, is it really a cheat? Well, it's and, that, uh, and I feel like it just depends. I feel as long as, if you're just, like, slapping, like, a 3D object in there and then making it kind of have a, a drawn filter on it, I feel that's cheating yeah. in a sense. Yeah. But if you are literally, like, if, if you're just using that as just a reference, you know, no different than the old-fashioned way of, like, you found a picture in a magazine, you're like, hey, I like the way that, you know, outfit looks. I'm going to use that as my reference. I feel like that's not so bad. Or um, it, this well, is... Oh, well, reference are perfect. You need, like, you need reference for... Yeah. To, to draw pretty much every, any, 
and, you and you know, right. and I think that's what makes kind of like something like SketchUp or the other one too is a great one for reference too is um that I use is Google Maps because uh, or Google Earth yes. is because then it's yeah, like yeah. I, like before it used to be like okay let me go drive out and take some pictures I'm like I'll go, I'm gonna digitally drive out there and take some pictures <laughs> <laughs> just you know what I mean that, that's what I'll do yeah. like certain like when I need like town locations or something like that you do that or um this is another one that SketchUp that um, um Jay from the Pale. What she said mm-hmm. she would do is in SketchUp, and this this to me sounds just like more effort, but I kind of like the idea. Is she built like the like the set pieces that she sort of needed, so like the police station mm-hmm. and certain locations. She just built a three D model of it, so that she always could just kind of like you know spin around, and go okay, I need it that from that angle. That's what it looks like. Right. You know what I mean? Because I always do the thing where I like I'll, I'll draw the buildings and I, I do it from like memory. It was probably. <laughs> You know, so yeah, yeah. I, I think it was kind of like this on that side. But then, what I always say, if it's sort of off, I, I always give it like the Tank Girl kind of thing, because like in those Tank Girl yeah. comics, what I, this yeah. is something I always liked. And I feel like it's kind of a running joke or something in there. Is that you know, like Tank Girl's tattoo she has and so on like that, or she's wearing a T-shirt. Like it'll from panel to panel, they'll change. But I think that's sort of like part of it. And <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I, I just kind of like that. It's just like yeah, it's not always the same, and that's that's okay. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. the, the weird thing is, once again, of comic books, pretty much almost any of that stuff still kind of works. But I just think that, mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, like I do like when, as long as everything kind of has been like at least physically drawn out, it doesn't matter. I yeah. mean, I'll say this: if you're tracing yourself or whatnot, and like you're doing that thing, like you talk about in the animation where they drew one thing and then they kind of photocopied and sort of put the in betweens in, like I mean, like that. Right. I, and I get why they're doing that. That's so like the animation matches up because I feel like when you do animation, you do sort of have to do some form of rotoscoping tracing, or or right. unless you're just like a genius at animation and, and you could just keep that same proportions through all like eighty something frames that you're gonna do for like. A, <laughs> you know a couple seconds then that that's okay but but yeah it's like i feel like you got to kind of have a little bit of, there's got to be a little bit of tracing in animation or else that's like unless you're doing like oh, i guess definitely. flipbook style and you can just pull it off yeah no definitely <laughs> but um but yeah I, I think that's kind of it is it's like using them as tools and so on but but at the end of the day i think that's also what makes once again comic books is like you really don't need a whole lot of f- fancy equipment because even like computer programs i mean like all the programs for like you know doing um comic books are all pretty darn cheap and as i say I, like what i always kind of compare it to is like you compare it to like movie making or something like that like movie making mm-hmm. there's always another camera there's always another microphone there's always yeah. more tripods there's always there's lights there's so much junk that you need the software always is updating with features you think you kind of need and then sometimes they are kind of nice some is not but it's like you know when it comes down to like a drawing program i mean you literally could be drawn with like photoshop like 2001 and it'd be like really yeah. at the end of the day like I mean, yeah, there's going to be some new features and things that make it smoother and run better and so on like that. But it's like you kind of could go like that's what somebody used to make DC and Marvel comics back then. Like it's back still going exactly. yeah. to be just as good or, you know, it's like even like because I've been using Manga Studio forever, which is like the Japanese one. And they call it Clip Studio mm-hmm. now for some reason in America. But uh, whatever. That's a silly name. OK. Right. But uh, like that one. I, I, that one, it's like they do like an up or like a updated version, like every like four or five years. And okay. it really doesn't even cost that much. I mean, compared to like, you know, buying like video editing software or something like that. I mean, I almost want to say it's only like a hundred. It used to only be like less than a hundred. I think it's a little over a hundred nowadays. And it's like, once again, you could still use that program probably till the end of time if you really want to and never upgrade. There's a lot of times cool things that kind of come in and you're like, oh, well, I kind of want it for like that one little feature. Sure, I'll pay the hundred and something dollars. <laughs> That's mostly always what it is. It's like, like I talk myself into like when there's a new software update. It's like there's like be like two things. You're like, well, those two things sound kind of cool. 
<laughs> the rest of it's gonna be all all the same, I bet. But those two things, why not? But um, yeah, but yeah. Eventually, if I do go digital, which I'm trying to, it's funny. Uh, my son and I were at um, an Apple store one day, and he's he's artistic. You know, he's uh, he's nine. He's, he loves to draw and stuff. And we both tried the pen, uh, and we both loved it. Mm-hmm. So now, like at the dinner table, we'll just talk about, you know, remember the time we tried the pen? It was awesome, right? No, no, we're just trying to build conversation and try to coax you know, my wife to be comfortable with the idea <laughs> of uh, spending like a thousand dollars or whatever on the on the tablet. Well, it's, so I got my son in it. <laughs> well, the one upside of that though too is at least Procreate costs like nothing. I think I think I spent five dollars on that. Like. <laughs> That's yeah, I mean, I, that'd be right. like I felt like like that sound that sounds. I'm just not. I was never used to that because all, all the software I've always bought my whole life, you know, because I just I always had a lot of video editing software and so on. I mean, like the cheapest one you would get would be like fifty dollars. So you're like five. That can't be right. Five dollars. They're gonna get you somehow of this. I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting myself into. And it's like no, that, yeah. that's it. Spent five dollars once. Yeah, I think now it's about uh, roughly maybe twelve or fifteen Canadian dollars, but I can't even install it on my Mac. Uh, sorry, on my. Um, iPad Mini because it's too old, but um, yeah, I don't know. still I, trying. Still I, I, I do think that that would be an investment worthwhile to get for you. I think that um, one, it'll just make yeah. you know, it, one, it'll make drawing kind of just hey, it's even simpler. You know, not saying that you know to stop traditional drawing because I think that's always totally amazing. I think that's a skill to have, and I think as time goes on yeah. too, that traditional drawing is going to be that thing too that like. People are going. If, if you could have the skills of being able to really traditional draw and be like real comfortable and real skilled at it, there is there's going to be that want and that look for it. It's it's no different than like you know when there's certain people that want to shoot like on film still. It's like yeah, you could do digital. Yeah. And granted, mm-hmm. you know you can almost make the digital look pretty much close to the same and everything. But then then you know then you could see like a Tarantino movie and it's shot in 35 millimeter or 70 millimeter and something that like it does give kind of a special look to it. Still, you know, there's always yeah. that magic. Yeah. But no, it's just a matter of time, I think, because right now I'm really struggling with uh, my pen, markers, and brushes. They run out. They don't uh, perform the way I want them to. It's paper. Yep. So there's too many, too many variables. Yeah. And uh, yeah, right now I think it's a better jump for me to go digital. But um, yeah, it's just a matter of um, what platform. I mean, uh, the iPad. It's fairly, you know, everybody knows about it. It's it's common. You can buy it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other tablets too out there, like, um, but they're more expensive. Than, um, well, like Wacom has like the Cintiq one. They have the Cintiq, yeah. I think that one you can get nowadays too, because before it used to be you still had to hook it up to your PC and everything like that, or mm-hmm. your, or your Macintosh. So you still had to do it that way. So then you still needed software and so on. It was a stack, stack, stack. You know, um, I think you can get them totally separate now, where it is like its own little tablet and so on. But I feel like realistically, yeah. if you get the this is the way I learned, you, get, you get the iPad Pro, and I, I mean I'm, I'm a big Windows person overall, but I still you know that iPad Pro is kind of impressive you get that the software costs next to nothing you get the pencil with the pencil is probably the most expensive thing it's like 110 dollars or something like like, this is the most expensive pencil you'll ever buy (laughs) (laughs) you get that and so on but beyond that though that thing just works forever and so on and then to top it off then then you got a tablet for other things too so it's not like it's a it's not like it's a one and done unit you know it's not just like hey this thing draw be like that'd be like it's something from like the 80s be like hey this thing does this one thing and that's it but you know what? I would probably use it that way because, um, you know, we have tablets around the house, but I never use them because I don't know what to do with it. I can surf the net. I don't play games. I don't. Uh, yeah. They're, they're pretty much useless for me. I, so uh, I'm much more of a computer guy. So if I get the tablet, the iPad, it would pretty much just be that, for that. that that's its goal. <laughs> that's it. 
You know, yeah. and that totally makes sense, though. You know what I mean? It's just like, but that's the thing. It's like I feel like, yeah, because it's like you spend that initial drop, and then from that point on, that thing pretty much almost just pays for itself because you never have to pump any more money into it. There's no more supplies. You're not buying pencils and pens and erasers and you know all yeah. extra paper and all. I just think of all that kind of stuff. It's like I know it's like I buy. I have like a sketch pad because every once in a while I like to just sort of sketch stuff out just just to keep the practice of that kind of going. But that's about. As much mm-hmm. as I do is I just I generally just do pen sketches, you know, and they're probably okay. n- nothing amazing, but like I just like to do it once in a blue moon just to kind of keep that in focus. But um, yeah, kind of having that there. I mean, the, the other thing that I mean I would recommend is if you want to go the other route is get a, a monitor you could draw on and then use if you have a PC or something like that is use something like I, I always am a big fan of Clip um, Clip Studio or Manga Studio, whatever you want to sort of call it. But right, that that one's always been my go-to jam. I think they have that for the, uh, the iPad as well, but it's subscription-based, right? I think so, too, and I, I think that's what yeah. it is. I think it's subscription as well. So, I mean, and plus there is, like, a bunch of other drawing programs on there, too. So you kind of have all that. you got the portable drawing and so on like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think for myself, for myself, I think the, the most important thing would be to, um, you know, not be locked, locked like in the basement <laughs> all the time. You know, I could actually draw in the living room while watching a Netflix movie or whatever. <laughs> I'm there, but not there type thing. Yeah, you, you never know. You might be knocking out more drawings than you think because you'll just be kind of doing it, just floating around wherever you're at and so on. And I think so too because, you know, um, I remember something you said in one of the podcasts where, you know, just draw a panel a day. Um, you know, it, again, going digital, you could just rough sketch something and it's saved and, you know, retraced whatever you sketched out in the, with, um, I guess, one of the pen brushes and, you know, use that as a panel. You can always, you know, like scotch tape everything together. Yeah. And make it into a page. Yeah. So you can always adjust things like that. Yeah. Like if a page is a close up or there's two talking heads in one panel, well, you don't have to draw that in the panel itself. Just draw it separately and then import it into that panel. Um, to me, that's one of the wonders of doing things digitally, but, uh, I'm trying to talk myself into, getting the ipad right now yeah that's, that's i feel like i feel like i'm trying to talk you to a sale like almost like if i work there or something like that but um yeah but yeah no it's just i, I think that is because that's the thing it's like i always feel like just getting a little bit of drawings done like that's the thing like i remember doing like a panel a day i'm like hey if i can even just get a panel a day it's like yeah that's not like the greatest like work track record but at the end of the week if you just did a panel a day well that's seven panels that you wouldn't have done if for some reason you weren't doing any drawings and you were just trying to wait for that really good day that you're going to have some time and so on you know just getting little oh, exactly. tidbits done and so on and you know and it's sort of that thing of like you want to make stuff i don't know especially the older i get i feel like you want to make things almost as convenient and easy as possible to do yes, you know the, I totally agree. The, the least amount of like excess work that it takes to get things going and so on and like really does make a difference i mean for me it's like with my pc like probably the biggest thing this sounds like one of those like lazy like futuristic things but like probably the biggest like issue sometimes i think that might sometimes slowly stop me is the fact of like always having to kind of boot it on and having to wait that you know five or ten minutes for it to kind of be fully <laughs> revved up and ready to go and it sounds so okay. weird but like sometimes that like even something small like that where it's like kind of can like go eh, i gotta turn the it almost has that feeling like, like you're turning on a generator or something like that i gotta go outside and, <laughs> yeah it's snowing out do, do we really need electricity right now you know <laughs> you start <laughs> questioning it you know but like i feel like you know if you do have that tablet you just pop it on it's, it's already on it's already ready to rock and roll you know, start yeah. sketching away yeah. and so on but yeah. It's probably the next move. But, I, um, just trying to convince my wife to uh, 
to allow me to spend that money. Because you know? <laughs> the new ones came out not too long ago, and they're pricey. Oh yeah, I bet I, you. I guess, well, that's a, in, I guess you could always I'm go in Canada for, too, so it's more expensive. You could always go for a Generation One, get one of those used or refurbished. Yeah, but you know what? I'm the type of guy who's like, yeah, I have um, a bad track record with with, uh, with Apple. Uh-huh. Um, whenever I buy something used, they don't they're not built to last that way. Especially the laptops. The laptops are for people with money, where they <laughs> they just buy a new one every other year. Oh, it, um, it's sort of like a like a Jaguar or like. Um, like some of those, like those, yeah. let's call those fancy rich people cars. It's like, and, and you know, like people go like, oh, but the Jaguar is so, so expensive to fix. I'm like, yeah, because the people that buy Jaguars, they buy a new one, like in three years from now, they're, they're, they're not, <laughs> by the time the parts break on it, that's not their car anymore. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I bought a laptop, uh, a MacBook, so, yeah, a MacBook pro a while back used, um, I had it for a year and a half and so something wrong with the, uh, the, like the motherboard, um, logic board. Mm-hmm. And that was seven hundred bucks to fix. Yes. And I'm like, okay, what do I what do? I do? Yeah, I'm I spent less. Like, anyways. And yeah, and you practically worked your way into like halfway to buying a new one. Well, that's what that's what I ended up doing because um, I still have it. It's paperweight right now. Mm-hmm. But they came out with um, the Mac Mini. It's pretty much a computer that looks like a like a portable hard drive. Super powerful mm-hmm. and uh, and it's affordable. And that shocked the hell out of me because. Generally, um, Apple stuff aren't really affordable. <laughs> no, well, well, Apple stuff because you know, you know, it's that sort of thing that, like, you know, they they, they always have like the high price. Like, yeah, it's it's going to work and it's going to work great, but you're going to pay that initial price. You know, sometimes yeah. it's like I always that's where I always talk to people in the science Windows stuff because I'm like, probably for about half the price of whatever a, a Mac is, you can get a Windows mm-hmm. PC that will be probably just you know probably almost more powerful, you know, cheaper yeah. and have more stuff that you can load up on it. You know. Not saying anything yep. against the choice or so on, but sometimes it's one of those ones. Or if you spend like, you know, if you spend drop two thousand dollars on a Mac, if you drop two thousand dollars on like, you know, a PC, you're going to have one that's got power for days. Yeah, that's a good point. That's what my brother does too. He buys all the pieces, the equipment, the um, the parts, mm-hmm. and assembles it himself. And next thing you know, you know, he do the Hackintosh or just shoot a PC, and, uh, and yeah, he's good to go. Yeah. Like he, whenever when I bought my Mac Mini, like, what are you going to buy that for? Like. You know, it's a Mac and it's affordable. <laughs> I'm just used to it. That's why. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's yeah. Th- and, and that's always the biggest thing. It's like it, whatever you're used to really makes a difference. Yeah. Since I haven't really used Macintoshes for a long time, too. Like whenever I go to use one nowadays, I always have to stop and think of where everything's at again because it's like, oh, okay, things have changed a little bit and so on like that. It, you know, because it's like the yeah. last like the last Macs I owned were like the ones when they were all colored. Like the, okay, yeah. the like the ones from like 1999 ish era. That was like the last Mac I really had, you know. And I had I had an 84 one before that too. Oh gosh, okay. Like one of those original Macintosh <laughs> ones, like yeah, the beige looking ones, yeah. Yeah, you know. But um, that, that was I love because like the hard drive on it was a 20 megabyte hard drive. It's funny how we came a long way. It's yeah, know, exactly. <laughs> Oh man! But, uh, so yeah, just uh, iPad Pro, hopefully coming soon. Yeah, there we and, go. Um, um, yeah, but yeah, that's one of those ones. Uh, well, don't want to hold you up too late. I know it's getting later there. You, we got that three-hour difference going. You, you don't have that California sun still out right at the moment. You know, oh, head, no, heading no, towards right, ha- Ted towards ha- uh, Hawaii right now. But um, you know, <laughs> want to let you get going, but. Make sure to check out all Rick Joseph's great stuff. Uh, look, look at just look at your Instagram page. What, what's your Instagram? Was it at Light a Match on that one? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, at Light a Match. 
at Light of Match. Dude, just look through all of Rick's artwork. Dude, there's fantastic stuff. You're going to get monsters, cool characters, action scenes, all the grit, all the dirtiness, all the grime, all the power. You could really feel every character. You could, like, I don't know, there's something just so cool about your designs and the way your characters look. And so, I mean, geez, even on my wall, I mean, you don't, we don't have cameras going, but, like, and it's technically over there. But I got, like, all those little mini posters you've sent through, like, the books that I've bought and so on up on there. Oh, nice. I <laughs> got all those hung up on there. You know, yeah, all that stuff I think is totally badass. And, you know, realistically, I feel like if you just get set up with just, you know, the right comp books coming up and so on, whether you do your own, whether you kind of get some, like, even just inking and, you know, lettering and so on going on there, it's like your artwork just stands out so much. Oh, thank you for that. Appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, hopefully this time next year I'll have something to promote and push. In the meantime, I'm just planning out the project, but uh, I'll just take my time with this and just uh, plan it out. And hopefully this time next year, at least early summer or mid-summer, I'll have something to uh, to show you guys and promote and sell. Exactly. as well. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, I'm looking forward towards it. Whatever comes out, you know, I'll be there. Nice. I want nice. a nice physical copy, one of those nice floppies or so on, you know. But yeah. um, beyond all that, Rick, what's all the best places to go to? Your website, is that the centerpiece of all all glorious things, Rick? Yeah, I mean, the, the website's pretty um, basic, but it'll just point you to, to, to all the right directions. It's uh, lightofmatch.com. Um, I'm on Twitter. Um, it's lightofmatchxl, or at lightofmatchxl, as in the letters, X and L. Um Instagram, I post on a regular basis, uh, at least once a week. I try to do t- uh, twice a week, but I don't know, definitely uh, once a week. Um, yeah, I have my sketchbook I'm selling. I have, it's available digitally as well. It's on my website, uh, lightmatch.com slash sketches. Um, so yeah, anything you need to know on my website, it'll just branch you off to either my social media or the information required. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, sweet, Rick. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Oh, yeah, totally. I don't get to talk comics that much. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 you'll just have to come on again. We'll, we'll just talk more fun times and so on like that. Absolutely, absolutely. There, there's always so much cool stuff to talk about. Well, yeah, yeah. beyond all that stuff, beyond, you know, go to lightofmatch.com. You can always go to oldmanorange.com where you'll find Pizza Boys comics, other podcasts like Old Man Orange, via VHS, old animations, videos, all that fun stuff at oldmanorange.com. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes with special guest today, Rick Joseph. And we'll see you some other time. Bye. Danny Alabini was a right wing man. He had a finger on the trigger of a babbling hand. And he was mean and drove a limo. We were up and so long. And now it's something. Down fair to anywhere, I don't care where you're in it Going miles in a second and an hour and a minute But sure enough, he had enough And before he got to breath, he said some stuff that